He's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Although, he's had a four and two threes on this hole. He's going to be at least three shots ahead. Bros and birdies, bring it on. Come on. Hello, bro. And hello to all you babs. I've called people babs now because it's like wives and girlfriends, but bros and birdies. And and it's not like wives and girlfriends because we're not in a relationship and it's all consensual. It is a relationship. We've all got the love of golf. Yeah. Is that what we're going to call them? Babs. Hello, babs. Right. <laughs> Let's get into it because we've got a special guest um, to introduce to you in a wee while. It's Joy Chakravarti, very prominent on social media. His knowledge of golf spanning three decades across the globe. We're going to get his insight into the subjects, topical subjects and the growth of the game in India. Um, but before we get to that, let's have a quick review of last week and then after the joy interview we'll be looking ahead at this week's tournament and giving you our picks if you want to stay for that so let's get into it bro the bmw championship last week and what a performance from the norwegian wood that is victor hovland absolutely phenomenal there we go straight off the bat in the podcast phenomenal the choice of the word yes mom you're listening you're out there thank you very much victor hovland absolutely what a performance a final round 61 and a back nine 28 do you know he he birdied every single hole on the back nine apart from the two par threes i mean that was just some performance halfway through the back nine you're thinking scotty scheffler didn't look phased at all. Looked to be cruising, even though he was tied with Fitzy. Fitzy looked like he was just in a different room to Scheffler. You know, Scheffler, he was just on autopilot. And then, and then came Hovland, right? What an amazing finish. They, I mean, even on the broadcast, they called out and said, 17 and 18, two really difficult closing holes. Be surprised if he birdies either one of those. And he went birdie, birdie, finish. It was just simply outstanding. And where Scheffler, I think, lost that tournament, threw it away, was the par 5 15th, when he didn't get up and down from just short of the green to make birdie. And I think that really got in his head. And then at the 17th, slam dunk, pressure on, three-put bogey. That is not Scotty Scheffler. But... Victor Hovland, wow, hats off. That was just well, where, some performance. Where Scotty lost it was that he was finished 38 and shots game putting. I mean, where would he be if his putter actually got oh, hot? I mean, you should, how can you finish that low on shots game putting and still shoot 66, 69, 64, 66? But yeah, you can't take it away from the Norwegian. Everybody loves him. And for us Europeans, you know, he's coming into form at such the right time, or is it too early? We'll soon find out. Now, the Europeans are playing some great golf. We, another great performance from Rory, putting, letting down again on some of the rounds. Matt Fitz looked like he was set for it. Three 66s and a 67, not enough to get the job done for the Englishman with the Sheffield Steel. But Victor Hovland, yeah, I, I can't wait to see it this week. I'm not a massive fan of East Lake, bro. Um, it's not really a course that gets me excited. I think they should move it around the country a little bit. Um, but yeah, 
it's it's going to be exciting for these guys going into even though i hate let's get on to this right quickly yeah um handicapping i just now i put on socials and and what have you and talked about my idea match play and it has to be 32 players to make it a legitimate match play right but then people were saying well the sponsors don't want scotty scheffler at number one to be beaten by the 32nd ranked player and then he's out of the tournament completely other people have turned around and said well maybe they could do it accumulative scores over the three the fedex the bmw and the tour championship would that work i'm not really sure but handicapping i mean Someone starting 10 shots behind Scotty Scheffler is, I don't know, Does what does that do to you? Does that really make you want to go out there and push? Um, I don't know. Well, listen, right. I mean, yes, I, I hear you in terms of the formats, but it, it kind of works to a degree. I mean, look at where Rory came back from last year. Rory started the tournament four under. Scheffler started the tournament se- uh, 10 under. Six shots ahead. Right, and Rory won the tournament by one shot. So I think when you're starting that far behind, there is that incentive to play better golf. You've got to bridge that gap. And when you're starting with that cushion at the top, there may be a bit of complacency set in. You think, oh, I've got a two-shot lead even before I've struck the first ball. So maybe that's a bit of a mind meld as well. So I think the system actually works. So I disagree with you on that one. I know they've tweaked well, They've tinkered that's all with right. the formats. No, absolutely. And that's what we do sometimes as brothers and as, you know, talking about golf, we disagree. But yeah, so I, I think it kind of works. And last, okay. l- last year Heartbreak. was amazing. Heartbreak stories last week and some celebratory um, stories. Talk about who dropped in, who dropped out. Well, it's quite simple, right? There was only two changes. You know, there was a lot of movement in between. So again, for the listeners, the top 30 make East Lake this week. And there was only two movements. Matty Fitzpatrick moved from 40th into 10th. And the fall guy was Chris Kirk. Now, there was a lot of movement towards the back end of last week's tournament. Spieth was out. Straka was out. Kirk was in. Thigala was in. It was the okie-cokie of the FedEx Cup. But Sahith Thigala missed out, finished 31st after starting 31st. And Chris Kirk, as I say, was the fall guy. He started 29th finished 32nd heartbreak for chris kirk absolute ecstasy for matt fitzpatrick and he's now 10th and starts on a score of what does he start on matt fitzpatrick he starts <laughs> on a score of four under so he's All in right, the same well. place as rory mcelroy was last year when he won now Interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about East Lake a little bit, only from a point of giving our picks out and stuff. But it was interesting that Radar, after the BMW, Wayne Riley said Rory McElroy owns East Lake. And I disagree with him. OK, he has won three FedEx Cups. He's you know won the most FedEx Cups since its inception. And yes, he does like East. I wouldn't say he owns East Lake in terms of actually winning. He won last year. In terms of the years leading up to it, I mean, it was Cantlay, Dustin Johnson, McElroy won it the year before that, Woods. So I wouldn't say he owns it, but yeah, you can see why he would make a case for that. But that was last week, BMW. Yeah, well, Chris Kirk, you mentioned him starting off with such good scores as he did, 66-66, going to Saturday. He must have thought, hey, I'm in the top 30 here. I'm going to Eastlake. And then 
75-71. Maybe complacency snuck into Chris's game that week. But it's never easy. There's a lot of money on the line. Right. The other tournament last week, bro, was the ISPS Hander Invitational at Galgorm Castle and Castle Rock. I would like to say the weather changed a bit last week. So I said there'll be <laughs> quite. No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa. Hold there yeah, before no, you I get to. I knew you were going to bring this up. The, the first and second. First and second played Castle Rock on the Thursday, which I said would be the beneficial day to play the Lynx course because Friday was going to be windy and terrible weather. And that turns out, so first and second, they played Castle Rock on the Thursday. So it's completely justified in my (laughs) prediction of a bias. But anyway, let's shout out Daniel Brown. What a performance. Absolutely amazing. 28-year-old Englishman, not had that many starts on DP World Tour and also not many starts on the Challenge Tour as well. But, you know, if you look at his, he had a tied seventh at the Barbasol not so long ago. And that, you know, obviously that's PGA Tour over in America. So, you know, he, he was showing some good form, but that's quite a commanding victory on, you know, two tough courses, tough conditions, 15 under, a five-shot win over Alex Fitzpatrick. I mean, you know, what is this guy doing at the moment? He's really stepping out of the shadows of his brother, isn't he? You know, he well, had... the Open gave him such a, a oh, huge yeah. amount of confidence, didn't no, it? Absolutely. I mean, he's 17th at the Open, and then he went and backed that up with a win down at St. Melian Estate in the British Challenge on the Challenge Tour, and then obviously had a second last week. You know, he's won, right? This is interesting, this, right? He's only actually played... 31 times across the Challenge Tour and the DP World Tour. And he has won just a shade under a million euros. So, yeah, he's really, really stepping out from those shadows, as I say, and showing some really good form. A call out to Matty Baldwin, friend of the podcast. He was ninth. And Eddie Pepperell as well, third, showing a glimpse of form. Can he feature this week? We shall see. Well, he had to back up his comment, didn't he, when he was getting into that um, spout with um, spout with Lee Westwood. But go back to Daniel Brown just quickly, because when he made the turn on Sunday and he birdied the 10th hole and you think, OK, right, he's settled. He's going to do it. Then he went bogey, bogey, bogey. And you thought, oh, the Twitters are coming in. He can't. He's not going to get it over the line. But huge shout out, because what he then did to go birdie, birdie, par, birdie, to finish on the final hole that shows immense mental strength and maybe he's been working with Lee Crumble home we'll have to ask Lee and find out if he's one of his pupils but yeah great win for Daniel Brown and I guess he'll be looking to take that into this week's event as well but we shall talk about this week's events bro um later on after our next segment, which is our guest, and we're going to bring him in right now. We're going to talk about a lot of topics, like we said, topical subjects in the world of golf. Get a little insight into the man. That is Joy Chakravarti. We have said on social media that tonight's episode was going to bring joy to your ears, and we have not let you down. We are pleased to welcome a man that knows golf inside out, and we will hear his insight to where golf is right now and where it is heading and how it's developing outside of the focused areas of world golf. Bros and birdies listeners, welcome everybody. Joy Chakravarti. Welcome, Joy. Hey, thank you. I'm so happy to be with you guys. And you're probably happier to be in Dubai for the nicer weather from what you told us earlier. A bit different to the Northeast. 
considering what we had to go through on Monday and Tuesday in North uh, in Newcastle, I think I am in heaven right now, even though it is like 46, 47 degrees outside. <laughs> well, you're probably in air conditioning, like you've mentioned earlier, and you're nice and comfortable and ready to have a nice chat. We've got some um, nice questions and uh, some questions from social media as well, from your followers and followers of Bros and Birdies. But as always on Bros and Birdies, we start off with finding out who was born on the same day as Joy Chakravarti and what happened. Well, I can tell you, everybody, that Joy was born on the 28th of March, 1970. That was a Saturday moving day in golf. And just like the golf at the moment, the number one song back then was Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon Ooh. and Garfunkel. Well, there you go. And there is a bit of Bridge Over Troubled Water right now. Um, I'm not sure you're a fan of this lady, but Lady Gaga was born on the same day, as well as the late and great interviewer, Sir Michael Parkinson, God rest his soul. NASA Hussein, born on the same day as you, Joy, and golfer Chris Paisley, who won in South Africa five years ago on the European yeah. Tour, was born in Hexham. So there you go, Joy. That's a little intro. The song, wow. Bridge Over Troubled Water, that's quite apt at the moment, isn't it? I, I love that song, first of all. I mean, it is one of my all-time favorite songs. I think, I think the lyrics are just absolutely out of the world lyrics by Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, yeah, I love the song and it, it's so apt at that time. I hope there's a bridge over the troubled waters. Uh, there's a great move that is being made by both the parties, uh, the warring parties to come together. Uh, it is facing a few hurdles, but let's see. I hope there is a bridge over troubled waters, Bart. Well, we'll get into those troubled waters in just a few moments. But I know Graham wants to kick it off so we can find a little bit more about your background, Joy. Graham. Hey, Joy. Uh, welcome to the Bros and Birdies Golf Podcast. It's really great to have you on. You certainly do have a good following on social media. And we're going to enjoy tapping into some of that sort of insight and that history that you've gained. But we know that you are a Dubai-based um, journalist, and you've been associated with golf for over three, deca three decades, I believe. Um, Are you that old, Graham? Sorry? Are you that old? I am You're that old. Uh, well, he is. I'll tell you what, yeah, if you've listened to the podcast, you'll see that my brother takes the mickey of my age. But, um, but This is yeah. why we can't go on YouTube, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. I've got a pretty face. But no, listen, why don't you give our listeners um, a sprinkle of joy and tell us what you've done over those three decades and what you've experienced in and around the world of golf? Okay, so funnily enough, where I was born in India, Nobody had heard of golf as such because I was born in uh, and brought up in the interiors of India in places where there were coal mines, much like Newcastle. But uh, there were no golf courses uh, within the vicinity of almost 1,000 miles from around that area. But when I became, I, I, I became a journalist, I, became a, I chose sports journalism. Uh, in about 19, in around 1993 or so. And uh, my sports editor at that time thought that there was one sport that needed to be covered because it was coming up in India. We had a couple of players who were doing really well. And he said, Joy, why don't you go and cover golf? And 
I had I had absolutely no clue about the sport at that time, apart from the fact that I'd obviously heard of Ryder Cup, uh, something about a young upcoming golfer called Tiger Woods. Uh, I knew about Greg Norman, and he was a big phenomenon even then. And we used to get this sports magazine uh, back back at that time in India, which had a big, large A A A three size poster of Greg Norman, which I used. You, I really loved the macho way in which he used to, you know, appear on the golf screen and and, and at the golf course. So I started covering golf, and I went to the golf course, and I met a few guys. uh who were part of the indian pga tour and uh, i found them really you know fascinating because i was covering cricket uh, at that time uh, everyone covered cricket in india at that time or, and even now but i was covering cricket and i would find it incredibly difficult to get to even the club level cricketers uh who would take their own time come an hour after giving me a time and then i went to this place uh, in in mumbai where there was a golf course and i met some of these top stars of indian golf and uh, if they said i will meet you at 11:55 they were there at 11:55 and telling me everything about the sport about what they played and and i found it really fascinating because till then i never had a an experience like that and i just fell in love with golf so that was that was in 1995 and after that i joined the indian pga tour as a media manager and was was there for 7 years and it was a fantastic time of, the most fantastic time of my life uh, interacting with all the players uh, being able to play a part uh, in a sport uh, which was growing in the country at that time it was fun times Uh, that absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, it, it's great to hear some of those stories from people in terms of how they actually got into working in the game of golf, and obviously, media—it's massive now in terms of golf for sure. So good to see. You. Interesting, you mentioned the cricket joy because. I read one of your articles you wrote in February 2021 where you were comparing cricket to golf and and your I'll, I'll take a quote from what you wrote and you said in any endeavor in life you can live with failure if you can blame others but once you start taking responsibility for all mistakes you can only grow to be a better human being now you wrote that article comparing cricket to golf and and it's so true obviously in the game of cricket so you know and also in football and stuff there's a lot of blame attached to others but when you're on that golf course and you're playing that game you know apart from you and the caddy that that's all you've got there's nothing else that you can do you know whatever you've learned through your training regimes and brought it onto the course so that was a really interesting quote that i wrote from one of your articles <laughs> yeah you know graham i that that's the beauty of our sport i mean I, just just to take you a couple of days back uh, anirban lahiri was playing the new, at the tournament in newcastle and he, and he had a lights out final round where he hit almost 18 greens in regulation could not make a single putt and finished with a 3 under par round when he should have shot about 61 or 62 and in the end and when i was talking to him and i told him that 
none of the parts, when he said that none of the parts went in, he said a couple of things about, you know, I mean, because the greens were soft and they, they were spike marks late in the day and things like that. But he said, you know what, I really can't blame anyone for this because everyone else who was playing the tournament at that time, including Andy Ogletree, who won by six shots at the, uh, the, the, the tournament, he said they were facing the same conditions. I, I really can't blame anyone except for myself. Yeah. That is something that has always been. I mean, I've I've re- rarely come across a golfer on any tour, on any level, who has come out and said that, you know, I'm not to be blamed for my five over or three over or whatever, or or for the loss. They have always blamed themselves. So so that's that's really one of the most magical things about golf. No, it, it, it is abs- absolutely. And, and what we love about the game of golf as well, and there's so much happening at the moment in particular. I know Craig's got a, a question for you also. So, Craig, over to you. Yeah, Joy, it's impossible to think of any history book in golf without finding an honourable mention of India in the first few chapters. It was obviously, as you know, in the city of Calcutta, the first golf club outside of the British Islands was established back in 1829. And obviously, coming up to date, eight Indians have played at majors. Guy Randawa, Mika Singh, Shiv Kapoorbula, Sharma, and obviously Anaban Lahiri, who you just mentioned, yeah. tied fifth at the PGA Championship in 2015. Yeah. It was the you know best result for an Indian a major. But my yeah. question is... In 1998, when Jeev Milka Singh was the first Indian golfer to join the European Tour, as it was, a quarter of a century on, how much has golf grown in India? And are there now kids wanting to be the next Lahiri or Aditi Ashok? Instead, perhaps wanting to be the next Sachin Tendulkar or Virat Kohli? (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know what, as much as we want... uh, all sports to be about trophies and results and and you know winnings uh let's face it money talks and even the kids of today even at the age of 14 and 15 they know that you know i mean where the money is so we don't have to show them the money anymore they know where it is and when they read about anirban playing one tournament and making 2.23 million or 2.25 million dollars in a space of four days, uh, believe it or not, that's a big motivation for not just for the not just for the kids who who just want to play golf, but also for the parents. I mean, they know that golf in India is at the moment a huge investment from the parents, not just of their time, uh, but also of their money. And and if they don't see at the end of it all that their kids are going to have a good life, they're not going to put their money and their time behind their kids going into golf. They would rather like them to go into cricket and, and other sports. But but no, I mean, across the country, I see now, there are kids who are, I mean, four, five, six years old kids who are doing so well. I mean, just to give you an example, there's a six-year-old golfer, Nihal, in, in India, who is doing so well, great swing, and he's been w- winning tournaments at his age group already. There are so many examples of that, of, of good amateurs who, are, who want to turn pro. And yes, 
it, it's a big difference from what it was uh, when when Jeep was, uh, you know, uh, uh, getting into the DP World Tour or, or the European Tour at that time uh, for the first time. And there was, it was newspaper headlines at that time. But, but you know, now it is more about uh, a lot of players doing that. I mean, there were only, you know, a, maybe a hundred odd players but, uh, like Anirban, Gaganjit Bhullar, they were inspired by Jeev doing all what he was doing. Now mm. there are about thousands of players. So that's the kind of difference that we are seeing in India. And are you seeing are you seeing an investment from within the not just the sponsors and the money that's coming in? Because you know, I was I was listening to a coach, an Indian golf coach, and saying that half of his young players are girls. Now, so yeah. so it's a broad range. It's girls and boys. Is there a huge investment in golf courses in India happening right now to really capitalize on that butterfly effect? You know, unfortunately, uh, it's not. Uh, the government has still not really woken up. Uh, let, let's not, you know, I mean, the, the fact is that there's a lot of pressure in India about land and, and where golf courses can be built. Having said that, India is a huge country, and it is it is not impossible to find uh, land tracts near near TRA cities and towns. But the government has not really yet woken up to the uh, to the possibilities of what golf can do for the economy, for the kids, uh, uh, for 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 all the ecosystem over there. But there was a very encouraging news article which came out I, uh, a few, just a few days ago. There's a company in India, a private company in India, which is tying up with the PGA of America, of all people. Um, and they are planning to open 12 integrated uh, golf resorts with championship-sized golf courses, as okay. well as driving ranges over the next 10 years in India. And that is going to be huge. You know why? Because even now, even though we had the we have the oldest golf course outside the British Isles in Calcutta, we only have about two hundred ninety odd golf courses in the country. Most of them are inside the what we call the army, uh, you know, uh, the the cantonment areas, yeah. where where the citizens are, uh, where, where the normal citizens are not allowed to go and play because they are like out of bounds for the for the, for, for the normal citizens only the army personnel can play over there so you know we for a country that is that huge we just have about 100 golf courses where play, people can actually walk in and play golf that needs to change desperately that's, yeah, that that's is, massive for the sport, that isn't is. it? And Graham, you wanted it because um, Joy just mentioned ecosystem. I think that really moves on nicely to your next question regarding the merger and potential financial implications. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really good to hear that story, obviously, in terms of what India, you know, to address your question, Craig, what India are trying to do right now to invest in the game of golf. It's massive. It's massive for the kids. But that really does bring us into this next area of kind of this conversation we wanted to have, which was, you know, you've seen a lot going on, just like we have over the last two years awful lot of change and upheaval, etc., with the emergence of live golf. 
you know, to the world rankings debacle, if we can call it that. Yeah. Obviously, that's happening. And now, obviously, with PIF investment into the PGA Tour product or the merger or whatever you want to call it. But where do you see all of this going? And will the DP World Tour survive? And can the Asian Tour benefit? I, I think to answer the last question first, I think Asian Tour is already benefiting. Uh, it it remains to be seen how much uh, interest PIF still has in the Asian Tour if the merger with PGA Tour goes on, or or if the you know the agreement with the PGA Tour goes goes ahead. I mean, it it, it is fructified, and and PIF is putting in a lot of money into that. But you know, I mean, from what I've heard, all the reports are that Mr. Uh, Yasser Al uh, Rumayan, he has promised that he is going to keep his word and 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 keep funding live as well as the Asian Tour for the next you know whatever number of years. So I, w- I th- there is a very you know there's a sense of buoyancy in on the Asian Tour because uh, because of what had happened and the PGA Tour and and the DP World Tour had alienated themselves from completely from from the asian tour because they 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 saw them as the enemy because they were being funded by the live tour live golf um what is happening is that because of whatever softening of the stand from jay and and what whatever is happening with the pga tour and live golf tour or pif they feel that they are going to have um for example, Sky Sports had stopped taking the telecast of Asian Tour, uh, because whether it was directives from the DP World Tour or whether they felt it that way, I don't know. But they had stopped taking the Asian Tour coverage, which was a regular thing before 2019 on the Sky Sports. Yeah. Uh, now, I believe there is a lot of you know interest from other channels. I don't know if there's speaking to Sky Sports already, but but the, that pushback that was being developed by the PGA Tour and 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 the DP World Tour, that is softening a bit. And and that is that is only good news for Asian Tour. I mean if if they get a few sponsors for the international tour events and if they get telecast partners, that is going to be huge for them. You know, at the moment they're they're str- I mean they they have struck a two two week a deal with Viaplay in in UK for for these two international series events, and uh, if we have any long term deals, it is only going to be good for Asian Tour. So I think Asian Tour is definitely going to benefit from it. the The PDTI, the Indian Tour that we have, that has benefited a lot from. I, I mean, I'm not very happy with the way the the structure was done when PDTI. You know, signed an agreement with the DP World Tour, and you know, uh, they have become like I mean, one player from the deep uh, PGTI will the top order order of merit topper goes gets a full year membership on the D, DP World Tour, and they are paying about two to two point five million dollars in cash to the PGTI uh, for the next three years. I mean, the money is a great thing. Uh, it 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 enhances the price purse levels on the Indian PGA Tour. But you know what? Just one player gets to go out and play on the DP World Tour. 
there are three spots on the challenge tour if they want to come and play but none of the indian players are going to take that i mean it's it's going to be very difficult because the prize money of 300000 is almost similar to the prize money that we have in india without the expenses yeah. so many of the players are not going to take that so the the money that has been pumped in is welcome but you know the opportunities are still not there and that is what is really needed for you know smaller countries like india and thailand because they there are some great golfers in these countries they just need to showcase their uh, showcase their talents and skill on a higher level and they're not getting that chance which is very sad yeah it absolutely is and it's an interesting insight into into that particular world because obviously you know a lot of us we only really see you know the PGA tour the DP world tour and there's a lot of stuff going on around like you say you know the, the asian tour itself really starting to come to you know some kind of emergence and, and you're seeing a lot of the live players obviously are going to want to play on the asian tour because they're not allowed on the dp world tour or the pga yeah. tour and they're going to get world ranking points from that as well so it's it's good to hear you talk about obviously tv deals and stuff because we do want to see all of those top players playing you know that field last week at close house in newcastle was a pretty decent field Really, right. into you know, yeah. if you look at Asian Tour standards over the years, a pretty decent cool. field. So, you know, really good to be seeing that, and it's it's good to hear that. I mean, going back to the other point of the question in terms of obviously the the merger, if you want to call it that, Joy, is yeah. you know what's what's your view around that? What are you hearing from colleagues and people in media and golf around that? So surprisingly, uh, Graham, I think what i've heard in the past few weeks is very little because and the main reason for that is that the pga tour is trying to you know first understand the framework agreement and they are trying to at the moment they, there's a lot going on over there uh, on that side of the atlantic where they're trying to figuring figure it out whether it is good uh, for the pga tour or not and that's all the players and and you have seen recently that with tiger added to the players uh, advisory committee uh, mm. or the play, the board of the pga tour there's going to be six players and five non playing members uh, on the pga tour what is happening right now is from 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 what i hear from all the you know players and other uh, some other officials is that they're still trying to figure out how it can be worked to their advantage this they want to make sure that the players do benefit from the 1 billion dollar uh kind of investment that pif wants to put in every year into into pga tour so nothing is work nothing is actually you know i mean apart from the fact that uh, mr alrumayan told all the players on the live golf tour uh, during the andalucia event in that was at the end of uh, july uh, or end of june actually uh, when june first week was when mr uh, rumayan and uh, mr moran had their uh, announcement and last week of june was the andalucia event the live golf andalucia where mr rumayan went around with meeting many players and telling them not to worry about the future uh, he is going to make sure that the live golf tour 
uh, will survive and will move forward as planned. So not much is known at the moment, just to come back to the question. Uh, a lot is happening on the other side of the pond. Uh, I think after this week, we are going to hear once the, play, the, the tour championship is, is finished in Atlanta, is when we are going to hear a few more things, uh, details of what they are planning, uh, all that kind of things. The yeah. Only, the only, only, only thing that is quite uh, at the moment. I mean, what what the Asian Tour and Live Live Golf are liking at the moment is that they're not feeling that kind of a, uh, you know, the uh, the the alienation that all the corporate sponsors and whoever was associated with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour not willing to listen to them. That is that has changed a bit. I mean, we had the instance of uh, Mr. Munjal, Pavan Munjal, who is the uh, owner of Hero Motors and and a big sponsor on the on DP World Tour. He went and played the La London event of Live Golf, and uh, so you know the ice is breaking. Uh, there is a thaw, and uh, that can only be good for both Asian Tour and Live Golf. Well, that's music to our ears. Absolutely, it is. I think we wanted to also circle back on something to do with the DP World Tour um, schedule, Craig. And I know you had a question for Joy. Yeah, hi, Craig here, Joy. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned the the conversations and information coming out. I mean, Jay Monaghan was out today doing his press conference before the Tour Championship and spent a long time saying absolutely nothing. And that that is frustrating for lovers of golf and, and listeners. And and on the on the other scale, at least he came and said something. I mean, Keith Pelly has been he's been invisible for me. And for me, that's that's very difficult for a leader of such a huge tour. And I love the European tour or DP World Tour as we call it now. But going back, I'm really frustrated to see that they've dropped, and this is this is a bit of a two-part. They've dropped the Indian Open, obviously, from next year's schedule. I understand there's a possibility that they could slot it in as a couple of weeks before the Masters next year. But if we look about the Indian Open in 1981, none other than Payne Stewart won the tournament. And yeah. in 2022, it was going to be a standalone European Tour event. And then obviously 23, it was co-sanctioned won by the enigmatic Marcel Seam, who I hope has a great couple of weeks. And I'd really love to see that guy in a Team Europe jersey. But is it has it been dropped from the schedule? Or have you heard that there is a possibility that it could put in that slot that I mentioned a few weeks before the Masters in 2024? So, so what has happened, uh, Craig, is that uh, the tournament, from what I've been told, is definitely on. It was going to be announced as a as a, with an enhanced prize money, but there have been some negotiations which broke down between the Indian Golf Union, who owned the tournament, and the DP World Tour, who promised a, a actually a promised a lot of money for the tournament, and then there was the element of Hero, which uh, is the sponsor of the tournament, and DP World Tour obviously wants hero to put in a lot of money into it so there is some kind of a negotiation which which actually did not should i say finalize they could not finalize everything uh, when the schedule was announced from what i am being told is that it is definitely on the indian open but 
uh, what is the amount of prize money uh, hero hero's involvement uh, in it everything will be announced in a few days time hero is wow. already hero is already involved obviously uh, as the title sponsor of uh, not just the dubai desert classic which is a tournament that needed to be saved after what happened with slink last year who were the title sponsor the year before and uh, hero are also part of tiger's tournament so you know i mean they have put in a significant amount of money onto dp world to in, in dp world tour events and indian open is going to happen i i have been told that hero is still going to be the title sponsor of indian open uh they are just trying to finalize the venue because in in what i'm hearing is that dls golf and country club which has been the venue for the past 4 uh, 5 or 6 7 years uh barring the covid years when it was not played uh are not going to be the venue of the tournament that much i have heard uh whether they take it to delhi golf club which is a smaller venue but absolutely amazing golf course that really that really needs to be put in front of the world map or they take it to some other golf course that i think is also being finalized right now well that is that's music to my ears yeah, it's great to to hear that and obviously that's important if you're going to have this continual growth for youth players and everyone across india need to have that huge national open and i think that is absolutely fantastic great to hear i was hoping that was going to be your answer but linking that through to keeping the growth of the game going i know graham had a question yeah i th- i think in in terms of growing the game i mean we talked earlier on didn't we about sort of you know what india as a country are doing you know with the youngsters and joy you told us about you know potentially that investment and you know courses being built and facilities being built that's really really important in terms of growing the game and obviously we heard you know when live came to um you know fruition and stuff it was all about growing the game what's your view around growing the game i mean apart from what you've already mentioned is there anything else else out there hearing from people in the industry around how we can grow the game better so I, I, if i'm just talking about india uh i so infrastructure is going to be a major thing i mean it's there has to be a boost in the infrastructure that we have for golf uh and that includes starting from driving ranges or, or you know even pitch and putt courses to driving ranges to championship size golf courses and even nine hole courses and anything would be welcome at the moment and uh, so that is one part but if you are asking me if if there is a live there there's been a rumor of live bringing one of their events to india will that grow the game oh it definitely would i mean you know the 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 best thing about live golf is that unlike dp world tour which can which can take an event to india but can never promise to the sponsors and the fans that i'll bring we will bring rory mackelroy and john ram to the country uh, that will never go that's never going to happen but live golf almost you know guarantees that there will be 48 top players who will come and play in your country including phil mickelson including you know i mean all the guys who are in the rota and in the team 
that is one amazing thing 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 about live golf uh, which which not many have really focused upon they can guarantee the star power every week people in india are crazy about i, I know you know i was surprised that how many fans dustin johnson has in india and phil mickelson <laughs> have i mean like crazy amount of youngsters because of the way dustin was playing in 2017 2019 that during that period there are, there are huge amount of dustin johnson fan who are just waiting for an opportunity for him to come and play in india i mean so so if if a live golf tour even comes to india it's going to be a huge you know grow the game opportunity for them because we have never ever witnessed a feel like that in india we have had you know ernie els play in in a certain tournament in india we've had adam scott play we had tiger uh, going and playing with mr munjal and anirban um, for a one round event in 2014 but we have never had a feel like this what live golf can promise and deliver in india so yes it will be a huge grow the game opportunity uh from what i know it's not going to happen till 2026 at least oh wow that's breaking news 26 everybody 2026 well i'm going to book me plane ticket ready for it as soon as it happens i'd love nothing more to than go to I india i've never been up places the best hey? tikka and chicken curry places if you come <laughs> oh i tell you what are you ready for me that is that is right <laughs> off my strata i can't wait but getting that will be great for indian obviously but um, i want to talk about women's golf which is huge at the moment in india we've got adishia shock so close to winning olympic gold medal agonizingly finishing fourth now playing on the lpga you've got the bakshi sisters which are among the most group of talented young ladies now we mentioned that butterfly effect earlier um can indian golf and if they do take advantage can they take advantage and will that just propel the women's game i don't just mean within india could they possibly be some of the best female golfers on the planet so craig just just i mean a very interesting nugget that 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 probably sums this up and uh, I, I, and can you know before we dig deeper into it in 2000 around 2006 or 2007 i am forgetting the exact year but when the women's golf association of india was formed there were five professional golfers women golfers in the country uh they had a a small circuit which was mo- mostly comprised of amateur players actually playing and and there were these five uh, women's professional golfers at that time that today is a full fledged circuit in india the wgai it has got about 17 or tournaments it has got good prize money it has now a field there are about 45 professional golfers women's professional golfers who are playing golf every week whenever the wgai events are and then there are some amazing amateurs coming coming up including one of the bakshi sisters uh there is avni prashant uh, who played in the women's uh, you know uh 
the Augusta National Women's Amateur Tournament. She played over there and finished 21st. Um, so there are some amazing young golfers coming out uh, uh, from the system. But, you know, you are right. It was Aditi Ashok's performance in the Olympics that just, you know, I mean, Aditi, not just at, in Tokyo, but also at Rio, because let me just, you know, I mean, in 2016, she was just a 17-year-old kid who actually turned professional just because she wanted to play in the Olympics. She tried to qualify for uh, professional tournaments through Monday qualifying or whichever opportunity she got so that she had enough world ranking points, the Rolex ranking points, and get a spot from India to play in the Olympics. And she did that. She she qualified for a LPGA Tour event in Malaysia and got enough, secured enough points to have a Rolex ranking status that would get her into Rio Olympics in 2016. And guess what? She was leading the tournament after 27 holes there with mm. the best players in the tournament, uh, in the world, actually at that time uh, playing in Rio. And then she did it again in Tokyo, you know. I mean, it was it was mind-boggling, Craig, just to, you know, I mean, just I mean, just to give you an, an idea of what was happening, I I I was invited to take part in a Twitter space. And uh, Twitter space on golf, whenever I take part, it's at the most, you know, 70, 80, 200 people at the most. Yeah. If, if some player is doing well. And on that day, in the morning of uh, of Sunday, or or whichever day it was, it was not on a Sunday, uh, at in Japan, and Aditi was in contention. And I got up uh, around four o'clock in the morning, Dubai time, uh, and I joined the space. And you know what? There were seven hundred eighty people already there. It was, uh. it was quite incredible by the time we finished and she was still in contention there were about 1800 people on the twitter space which i have not you know experienced with indian golf as such and uh, she missed it by a whisker but what she she did not miss was just spark that uh, you know uh, that that thing for golf in india i mean everyone was talking about Aditya Ashok and golf, Aditya Ashok and golf. And guys don't know about eagles and birdies and what is what is a par, but they knew that something exciting was going to happen. It did not, but she has become a, like a hero of the country. And there are so many girls now who just wants to, want to follow on, in her footsteps. And well, that is... Well this year. So, you know... That is um, that it's it's great to hear and it's great to see that growth again because we did want to do a piece on youth golf because we've spoken to a lot of people around and the, the snobbiness of golf and how it's stopping young kids getting involved and you having to wear the proper gear and what how how you grow that game but examples like that of young women performing so well against the odds you know the likes of um Diksha Dagger is her name the yeah, the profoundly yeah. the, the yeah. profoundly deaf girl yeah. who yeah. was the second was second Indian woman to win on the ladies European tour at the age of 18 I think it was yeah. 
in the South African Open. Now, it's, 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 it's stories like that that really grab the attention. And if you take those stories and really push them on, then the limits, there are no limits. There are no limits. I, I agree, Greg. No, I mean, just going back to Aditya Shock, I mean, you know, her stock has really risen in the last year. I mean, she now sits 46 in the in the Rolex World Rankings. 19 events this year, one win, two seconds and a third when she won at the Magical Kenyan Open. So, you know, they are going in the right place. And when you get stories like that, hopefully, you know, India, as big as a country, the population as large as it is, that has to have an impact and some kind of effect downstream. So it's really good to see for Indian golf. It is. Uh, you know, uh, I speak to a, quite a few coaches. I mean, some of the popular coaches in the country. And uh, one of the things that they keep telling me is the number of uh, lady golfers who have started playing golf. Uh, I mean, n- just as a recreational, you know, activity. Uh, and the number of young golfers, young girl golf girls who are coming up to the academy and signing up, they are saying that in the last three, four years, and this will be music to the years of R&A, is that the number of girls is outnumbering the number of boys who are coming in and taking, you know, uh, lessons. Wow. And, and recreational golf who want to be part of, you know, who want to play golf. That's that's just incredible. And Aditi Ashok and Diksha Dagger, has, have, they have really played a big part in that. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's really good to get those insights, Joy. Superb. I, I just want to change direction. Just one, I think we've got one last segment that we just Mm. want to cover with you. And it's very topical at the moment. And it is the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup, massive, spectacular event every year. I think you've probably even covered it yourself from a media perspective. And I just wanted to ask you a question around the whole, you know, obviously more interested in the European team, but the what's going on with the American team right now is just quite unbelievable in terms of, potentially not seeing the likes of Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka not in that team because they are live golf players. And the whole, I mean, you know, I'll call it, you know, trash talk of Zach Johnson and, you know, the likes of Jim Furyk and others. Let me just give a quote, Jim Furyk. When he was asked about Bryson's 58, he said "There's a, there's a big difference his counted, Bryson's didn't. You know, we don't need that in the game of golf. But what's your view on the American team at the moment? Do you think Zach will take any of the live golfers? If he doesn't take Brooks, I mean, Bryson is still an outside chance. But if he doesn't take Brooks, uh, it will reflect very poorly on him as a captain. Because, I mean, it, it took a... It took a really good performance from Xander to knock out Brooks from that position of top six. Yeah. And and Brooks is a extraordinary big game player, as we have seen throughout his throughout his career. If he doesn't take uh, Brooks, uh, it it will really be a travesty of justice. Bryson is playing such amazing golf at the moment. That you know, I mean, he he's. I think 
one of the things that every captain tries to look for uh, in the past, if you have seen, is is not just you know the the pedigree of the player, but the momentum that the player has got coming into a Ryder Cup week. So the last seven eight tournaments become really critical, and if you really look at that, I I really don't care where Bryson DeChambeau shoots his fifty eight. A fifty eight on a municipal course is as good as a fifty eight on any other golf course. Shooting oh, of 58 course. Is a is a psychological barrier that needs a champion's mentality to cross over. You know, I mean, it's just that once you are at on a score of say sixty one when you are eleven under or ten under, and and there is a possibility of shooting fifty nine, I know players feel the tremble in their hands when they're putting. I know things go awry at that time. I mean, I have I, I I've seen so many rounds which look good for a 59, but they never happened because there is a reason for that. You need to have a, I mean, Tiger never shot 59. Let's 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 be honest. Just just shooting a 58 is on any golf course, and I I, I disagree. I love Jim Furyk. I've had some really good interactions with him, but I would disagree with him. 58 on any golf course from any tee is an amazing score. Uh, he should be considered. But yes, if they don't take Brooks, that will be a, a real travesty of justice. Well, amen to that. Amen to that. That's a good view. <laughs> Superb. Okay, Joy, now for the European team. Now, for me, I, I, I'm so passionate about the European Tour, DP World Tour, whatever you want to call it. I, I just wish there'd be a bit more of an emphasis on Luke Donald's picks coming to lads that have grafted on this tour week in, week out, supported the tour. I know the big players have supported it in their own right before they went off to the PGA for the, the bright lights and the big money. But I'd love, just love Luke Donald to say Yannick Paul, Moronk, if they don't get in on their own rights, which doesn't look like they will, and Marcel Seam and Padlo the Rathabal, all those players just say, look, Here's a chance showing that the DP World Tour players coming through, the Europeans, could get that chance to play a Ryder Cup without having to go across and being one of those 10 PGA Tour cards. I'd love to. You know, I mean, if that happens, uh, hopefully both uh, Adrian Meronk and uh, Yannick Paul will get through on their own because of the status that they have on the on the. R2D points and things like that. But uh, I don't think Luke is going to get any deeper than that for players who have grafted on the DP World Tour. And I call it DP World Tour because it is it is actually sponsored by a company which is very close to my heart. And yeah, sure. I've been, you know, it is based out of Dubai. So I keep calling it DP World Tour. I, probably the first one to adapt to it. Uh, rather than calling it the European tour. But uh, just going back to it, I I, I don't see uh, Luke really uh, giving a chance to anybody else. I mean, it is, he just, you know, I mean, like, as much as, as important as it, as it is, because these are the guys who bring in a, you know, a, a, a kind of, new thinking into the team, a new kind of enthusiasm into the team, 
which is very much required when you are on the losing side the 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 year couple of years before and that is very required and and you know these guys are not don't have any scar tissues they are going to be they just you know i mean trying to improve their resume with every outing that they get so i think mironk and yanik will be excellent additions to the team i as as i said i really don't think luke is going to look very deeper after that i don't think he's going to look at any of the lift players it will be a miracle if uh, somebody like uh, sergio gets a chance i whatever his past experience i don't think that is going to happen from everything that i am hearing so no, are we no, going I, for a yeah. rider cup win joy or, or are we going for <laughs> europe or usa what's your gut feeling it's it's very difficult with Ryder Cup. I mean, I, there, there are so many times that I I if you look at paper and you think that this U.S. team is just unbeatable, and then the you, Europeans do something that is just exceptional, which which you you can't really script, and then they win it. So you know what? I'm going to go with a magical win for the Europeans again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, even though, I mean, at well at the moment, I mean, what Victor Hovland did, I mean, there's one player who is in such amazing form right now. There's Rory, obviously. There's John Ram, but as a team, Team US looks so much more solid, so much more better. It's really on the papers they are the odds-on favorites. But you know, I mean, Europe can do some magic. On their own without having the superstars well you know what they say joy when in rome and that's yes. it. who knows, the <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right we, we we are conscious that we've kept you for far too long it's a lot later over in dubai and we've got to let you go we could chat to you for absolute hours joy it has been an absolute pleasure and we're so appreciative for your time thanks thanks craig i love thank that. you joy and Thank I you. will you. take you up on the offer of a curry in 2026 yes. when Liv goes to India. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime, mate. Or if you are coming to Dubai, I, I, we have got some fantastic places over here as well. Yeah, we've got right. to sort that. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Done. Come over. So, Joy Chakravarti, everyone. Thank you very much. And we, we hope we can talk to you again very soon. Thanks, Joy. It will be a pleasure, Craig. Thanks. Really enjoyed that, bro. And I'm just super looking forward to having a curry in India if Liv goes to, to India in 2026. Oh, and also the invites out into the UAE. That's, yeah, amazing. No, really enjoyed that chat. It's, it's great, isn't it, when you get to speak to somebody who's been in the game for so long. And, you know, we've spoken to a number of professional golf, golfers, obviously, you know, Lee Cromblehomer, we mentioned earlier on, in terms of mind coaches, you know, we've also spoken to other media people as well and stuff. So it's really good to get that background. And again, you know, someone, you know, born and grew up in India now lives in Dubai and stuff. Just a great insight. And I really, really enjoyed that conversation. It was superb. And he did give us the insight. He thought, Team Europe for the win in the Ryder Cup. Everybody heard it from Joy Chakravarti's mouth. Right. Um, let's get on to this week's tournaments. Let's start with the events in Prague, well, just outside Prague, 
the D and D Czech Masters. Now, I love Albatross Golf Course. I think it's fantastic. I mean, there's plenty of birdies on offer. There's also some tricky holes. Um, you can find out all information about Albatross and East Lake from many accounts, Data Golf, PGA, Touts, all on social media. They can give you the in-depth look into the courses if you want that. Because we had a great guest on and time is running out, we're just going to bang straight into our picks, bro, aren't we? So why don't you go first with the D&D Checkmasters? Who are your picks? Okay, right. I'm going to go this week. And again, you know, there's a lot of course form to go on here. Absolutely, there is. And I've, I've certainly looked at some golfers that have got some form here. And there's also a golfer that is, I think, is a shoe-in for the Ryder Cup that I definitely think is is going to be in the mix come Sunday. So my picks, there's four of them this week. I'm going to go the first one. 12 to 1, Adrian Moronk. He's the guy I'm talking about. Ryder Cup shoe-in, has to be there. I think, you know, he'll want some form going into the Ryder Cup for sure. He's a little bit short at 12 to 1 alongside, believe it or not, Shane Lowry's playing this week. That's an interesting call, Shane Lowry, obviously because he's not in the FedEx Cup playoffs. But he's joint favourite at 12 to 1. My second play is a guy who had a third place finish last week. He's also got, um, you know, a little bit of form going on here as well. Eddie Pepperell, 45 to 1, in a little bit of form, maybe a little bit of place money. Can he win? Who knows? We'll see. My third play, Gavin Green. He is a big hitter and he's certainly someone who I think, you know, has got some form here as well. 50 to 1, Gavin Green. And my last play, another form player here at the Czech Masters, Tapio Pulkinen, 100 to 1. Bit of a bigger price, but they're my four plays this week. Okay, right. My four plays are to start off with. And first, before I actually get into my picks, can we just say 20 to 1 for Adrian Dumont de Chassard? Who we did mention, did mention a few weeks ago that he was a ridiculously short price to get into the Ryder Cup. And he might go and win in the Czech Masters, but he's ridiculously short 20 to 1 for Adrian Dumont de Chassard. If you fancy him, he's 20 to 1. Good luck. Um, my first pick is Yannick Paul. Cements his Ryder Cup spot this week, I reckon. 35 to 1 for a guy that is on the cusp of getting into the biggest team competition in world golf. Come on, that's a great price. Second pick, Matt Wallace likes it around here and he will enjoy being back on European soil and will hope to be better last than last year just by one place. 40 to 1 is Matt Wallace, quality golfer. Marcel Seam, who you know I would love to be on the Ryder Cup team. He's keen to impress Donald here. Luke Donald. And Francesco Molinari are here, don't forget. But Luke Donald's here. Marcel Seam will want to impress him. He's a ferocious character, and a character is what you need to get recognised. He'll be a win, imagine, for Donald. But he's 66 to 1. That'll be good enough for me. Maybe not Donald. My last pick is Rafa Cabrera Bayo. I love this fella. He's hoping to finish the season well and get his spot in the Dubai finale. Loves his days in the Dubai sunshine where he lives, and he will be ready and refreshed. Not really sure. I think it's about 110 to 1 for Rafa. I think he finds plenty of birdies. The weather looks like it's going to be okay. A little bit of thunderstorms maybe on the Saturday disrupting play. But other than that, light winds and a lot of sunshine. That is the Czech Masters preview and picks for bros and birdies. Right. Let's get on to the PGA Tour FedEx finale. It is at East Lake. It is the Tour Championship. Now, like I said, you can get all your info about East Lake. 
Not a big fan. Mentioned that before. Right, bro, get into your picks for that. Are you going to go in the outright market without the handicap and star, or are you going to find something within the handicap? Well, I am actually going to play the outright competition, but without Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. I really do think those two will see the tournament out. I know um, Victor Hovland's in a sandwich with those two, and he's going to start on eight under. Oh, can you imagine that? A Victor Hovland sandwich with Scheffler and Rory. <laughs> um, anyway, no, I'm playing in the outright, <laughs> the outright market, right? <laughs> Without yeah. Scotty Scheffler and Rory, and I've got three picks this week. Um, okay. Xander Schauffele starts on three under, twelve to one. He's got really good course form here. He's, you know, when I talked earlier on about, um, you know, the likes of Radar saying Rory owns this place. Well, Xander's got a really good record here, twelve to one without those two. I think is a decent price. Matty Fitzpatrick twenty to one without those two players, and Tommy Fleetwood. 25 to 1. Now, Tommy Fleetwood starts on 3 under and Matt Fitzpatrick starts on 4 under. So my picks are all going to be within 6-7 shots of Scotty Scheffler. And after Scheffler's blow-up last year, again, I'm taking him out of the the equation because I think he'll be strong enough alongside Rory. And that's who I'm playing this week, those three. I think that's a bit of value, that is. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm two players for me this week. Two players is all I need, and it's in the handicap market. First one is John Rahm. He's he's four shots behind Scotty Scheffler. I think he's been taking it a bit easy over these last couple of weeks. He gave away some silly shots and therefore some silly strokes heading into this tournament this week. But I liked what I saw in that final round on Sunday in the BMW. So John Rahm, for me, you can get him around about 10 to 1 to cut that deficit of four shots, Scotty Scheffler. And my second pick is a guy that I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm saying it. He is a major champion after all. He's only five shots behind and he is playing the golf of his life. 40 to 1 for Lucas Govey. He's not there for, he's not there by luck. He's there because he's played some great golf and he's 40 to 1 to overturn that deficit. And don't forget, you can get quarter of the odds in places. So 40 to 1, even if he holds his spot at fifth, will still get you an 8 to 1 winner. I think that's quite good value. So two picks, John Rahm and Lucas Glover for me. Excellent. I think we're done, bro. We are done. We are done. Yeah, I know. There's a lot to go through. I'm super excited for next week. Let's run through next week's um, tournament. Well, there isn't anything on the PGA Tour. We don't get anything until the Fortinet, which um, I think is sandwich. Yeah, that comes just before the Ryder Cup. I think it's the week before the Ryder Cup. Whether anybody plays in that, whether it be a strong field, is yet to be seen. But next week is one of my favourite tournaments on the European circuit or DP World Tour circuit to keep Joy Chakravarti happy. Uh, is the Kransasur for the Omega European Masters. It's a spectacle on the eye from watching on the television. I'd love to go there in person. It's a great tournament. We'll have a very strong field this year as players coming off the Tour Championship look to go there for a bit of R&R and to hone their game ready for Rome. So there you go. That's next week. This has been this week, and we've had a lot of fun, bro. So from me, it's goodbye. And from me, it's goodbye too. And don't forget, all your listeners, you're now Babs. Love you. Take care. This, this really is beyond a joke now. He's, he's, he's gone gaga because this is uh, this is quite 
I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness.